A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi there, I'm Umanea, and welcome to the Girl Chart Podcast. During the series, I'll be joined by some amazing guests and hearing all about their brand of brown girl magic. As well as sharing stories and discussions with the South Asian twist, we'll be getting stuck into the chart and the chat. I'd love to hear from you, so please get in touch on Instagram at Girl Charts. Welcome back, listeners. Today I'm joined by one of comedy's rising stars, Sook Ojla. This year, Sook is about to debut her first ever show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, and she's a triple threat, as not only is she a brilliant comedian, she's a fab actor who's featured in Black Mirror and alongside the mighty Judy Dench in the Oscar-nominated Victorian Abdul. And in 2017, Sook also wrote her own hit show, PR Actually. Today I'm going to be asking Sook about her fabulous career, Asian female representation in comedy, fat shaming and how her experience with mental health has inspired her work. Welcome, Sook. How are you? <laughs> Hello, I'm good, thank so you. So good to meet you. I'm so happy to be here. Yay! Um, I don't have any chart, which is a massive fail. I kind of feel like I've been misled here. Yeah, so no. There's plenty of girls, yeah. but there's no chart. But we can do mm. that. We can head off to Dishoom after this. Thanks, pal. So could you start by telling me a little bit about your background, like where you're from and where your parents are from? Uh, sure. Um, so my parents, well, I am Punjabi. My mm-hmm. parents were born in Punjab and they came over in the 60s and they moved to Leeds. So I was born in Leeds ah. and then um, a Thatcher happened and all the factories closed down. <laughs> and so uh, my dad worked in one of these factories and he was out of work for a really, really long time. And then we eventually moved to Kent because there was a lot of construction work right. going on then at that time. And um, yeah, so I grew up in a small town it called Gravesend. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I've heard of it. Do you know? I, it's like sunny it's Gravesend. Sunny Gravesend. It's generally that one of the hottest places in the country. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's only. It's quite small. There's only fifty-five thousand people there. But every <laughs> single person I've met, I once met somebody whilst trekking through the foothills of the Himalayas who knew about Gravesend. And did they know somebody that you might know as they well? They were like, oh, we know such and such. Yeah. I'm like, how do you, we're practically in Nepal. How do you know about Gravesend? It's one of those places. The world famous Gravesend. <laughs> Obviously famous for being the final resting place of Pocahontas. Is it? Yeah. I need to go. They've not exactly capitalised on yeah. the poor woman's misery. And <laughs> Which is really <laughs> decent of them. It was the right well, thing to do, well, not also, do. Well, also, but I don't really know where, where she's buried. So Oh, so you couldn't up, give me a tour there if I we couldn't. Said. I could show you the statue that we've got. I could Aww. maybe find you a postcard and tourist information. But when we were younger, we thought she was buried under what was then the quicksave. <laughs> Why did you think that one? I don't know. It was I think a, it was just a, a monumental rumor. part of my childhood. <laughs> quick safe and you can take homage yeah exactly (laughs) i need to go there now you've really sold gravesend to the world you're very welcome i can take you to the one good italian restaurant 
fair. It's not Pizza Express. It's no, it's okay. not. We don't have any chains like that, really, apart from oh, McDonald's. Oh, that's like very rare in big towns Yeah, now. we also don't have an M&S, which is generally the sign of a no. town going under, really, isn't it? <laughs> There's no M&S and there's need bouncers M&S. outside the McDonald's on a Friday. Is there... <laughs> sign me up, book my ticket, let's go. I'm ready, I'm ready. So as I described you, I described you as a triple threat. Oh, that's very kind. Um, it's true. So I wanted to know how and when you discovered your love of performing. Gosh, that's a tough one. I'm an only child, so I found it quite hard to make friends. I was quite lonely. I still find it quite hard to make friends, oh, actually. You're um, so friendly. I know. We're friends. Right? We just met. We're pals. For life. Um, I think that's the Gemini, Gemini connection, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, Gems. And... Um, yeah, I find it quite hard. So I would make up little stories in my head, and then oh. in primary school, in primary school, was really good at creative writing. Mm-hmm. And I remember in year six, we did instead of doing the nativity in year six, we did. I mean, actually, when I think about it, this is very advanced. We did a play within a play, right? A bit like a Midsummer Night's Dream. We did a play about putting the nativity on, and I played the head teacher. <laughs> like, it, well, now I think about it, it's weird. my brain can't even compute that yeah. right now. That is major. <laughs> but for year six and year five and year six people, yeah. you know, it was it's um, a big deal. But it was never on the table, obviously, as, as a career. Um, it was never a thing that we did. I was never taken to drama classes. Yeah. I don't come from a very creative family in mm-hmm. that way. They're creative in different ways, but not with performing arts. And so. When I went to secondary school, I really loved doing drama. I loved English literature and drama were the two things that I absolutely loved. Yeah. And I did GCSE drama and I loved it. And then I did A-level theatre studies and I lied to my parents. About doing about it? About doing it, yeah. My God. I know. So how did... Which I'm sure like if I'd actually, and this is probably one of the biggest life lessons, yes. you know, is like if I'd actually spoken to them, I, I'm sure they would have been okay about it. But I was too scared. You know, oh. being brought up as that, that good Indian girl. Oh my girl. God, I so understand that story of like saying to my parents, oh, I don't know. And they'd be like, why don't you just tell us? Yeah. We're fine with it. Go yeah. ahead. We build up this kind of this thing, narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's more dramatic that way as of well. Of course. <laughs> it helped you challenge your art. To the yes, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, and, and then I, um, I went to drama school at 18 and that was really tough with my parents. And they obviously wanted me to go to university and get a quote unquote proper job mm-hmm. and get married and do all of those things and it took really oh I mean that was at 18 it only they've only really started accepting me being a performer I think this year really I'm 35 now and what do you think's been the they uh, came to see me do stand up yes yeah. so they came to see you and I mean they feature quite a lot in your stand up how did that go down I had to change my set <laughs> <laughs> quick abort abort get rid of that whole no, thing I was on stage going oh, I was like, yeah, oh I can't, can't do that, that bit I can't say that oh, did God. you really yeah <gasps> I had to I, take, I had to take all mention of boys out of it and dating was it literally just two minutes that yeah. set by yeah, the yeah, end yeah, of yeah. it <laughs> it was just me telling knock knock jokes yeah. <laughs> good old slapstick <laughs> but what I did was I, I kind of I still did bits and pieces about them, but I made it more about, you know, isn't it funny when rather than my mother does this. Yeah. Um, I heard someone's mum said this yeah. one time. <laughs> Aren't they bad? My mum's not my like mom that. My mum would never no. say that. Um, but do you know what I did at the end of it? And also it was in my local theatre, which was really nice. Oh, and um, and growing up, the only time I went to the local theatre was if somebody was getting married and it was a wedding reception. Yeah. So it was really nice to be there in a sold out crowd and for them to be there. And then at the they end... They must have been so proud. Yeah, they were. And you know what it's like with... Um, I mean, I don't know if this is particular to Asian parents is... 
my parents have never said, I'm really proud of you. Mm. You know, they, they will say, that was good. Or so-and-so said that uh, they really like what you do. <laughs> but I know that's their way of saying, but because also they're doing the best that they can with what they know with as well. With what they've had to go of through course, as well, yeah. yeah. You know, and that I know that they both come from very strict, very traditional backgrounds mm. and they've never had they've never had the opportunity to learn. Had to a, show that love, yeah, absolutely. in that way. But I know that they are very proud of me and I know that they're very excited. And my mum said, oh, she said, I'm going to come to see all, my, all your shows. And I thought, but please don't, because no one else is going to. <laughs> I won't have any material left. Mum, please don't. Please don't go. Um, but yeah, it, it's a real joy to be able to share it with them. And it's it's been a, I hate to use this word because I think it's very overused, a real journey. I love, I, I don't know how many times in the last series of Girl Child oh. I used the word journey. It's so true. It I is a journey. I don't know if there's another word though, because it's been a real trek as well. It's not just been a, oh, it's all been fine. It's taken us a while. You know, it's been really me sticking to my gun saying, I am not going to work in a bank. <laughs> and please believe in it. Yeah. And so that must have been a huge turning point for them to see you and this sold out theatre at home yeah. for them to suddenly kind of understand that, you know, well, you're the, making a living out of this. You know, Asian parents, it's very important to them what other people think, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I came <laughs> when I came front stage at the end of the show and I was trying to find them and there's like 400 people there, you know, yeah. and, and I tried to find them and I saw my mum um, getting like like she was a celebrity <laughs> mobbed mobbed she was getting mobbed by all these other women going oh I didn't know is that your daughter and yeah we, we've been following her for ages and my mum I overheard go well you know we've always been very supportive of her <laughs> right since the beginning we think she's fantastic <laughs> no you're not oh my god your mum turned into like a showbiz mum yeah absolutely I was Pushy just parent. lapping it up and then for Love the it. and then for about a week or so it was like oh well you know and I bumped into so and so and obviously she was there as well and she was and I think for her it's, it's really important her standing in the community yeah um, whether anybody else believes that or not you know within her eyes she she feels kind of validated by that but the really lovely thing was um, separately mum and dad when we got in that night and um just before I was about to go to bed my mum said now this means that more to me than somebody going oh my god we're so proud of you all the time she said um it's really tough what you do oh she said not everybody can do that and that that's huge is huge and I'm so glad you understand that I, I do understand that I I have a mum who does say she's proud of me all the time which is amazing and I, I never like I think it's so I'm so lucky to have that I didn't always have it but yeah I definitely know of other close people to me who have that experience and I've started to kind of understand myself when I see it because I always used to think oh how come they never say those things mm. that you really that I'm used to hearing but actually that is a huge yeah. Huge compliment. Mm. Also the fact that your mum understands how yeah. difficult it isn't just you standing up, rolling up on stage and, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. and doing and for nothing. For her to empathise. I mean, I don't think she quite got what I did. Yeah. Um, because before the show, um, I came back, I came front of stage to make sure that they were settled and they were okay because I know it's not their natural environment. Mm. I wanted them to be okay. And I said, are you, I said, are you all right? Do you want a drink? Are you okay? And they were like, no, 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 we're fine. And my mum was like, why haven't you got your costume on? And I was like, what do you think I'm <laughs> going to do? What a leotard. <laughs> she thought I was doing the a clown play. mask. Yeah. So I was doing a play. I was <laughs> oh like, no. God. I was like, I'm just, she went, oh, you're just going to wear your own clothes? I was like, yes. I would have bought you a new suit. You I should. know. <laughs> I know. I see, because she was very much like, why aren't you all dressed up? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think now, obviously, when I, when I travel a lot to do gigs and things, yeah. she, she knows what I do up there and she knows what the reaction is so, so she's very supportive and it's good for her to be able to tell everyone now because I guess before maybe because mm. she couldn't really visualise what it was she yeah. can now say 
you know, she's she's a stand-up comedian. Well, I didn't know. She's been going around telling people for years that I'm a teacher. Oh, God. Because I once did This is did all such good material work. for you. <laughs> I once did support work in a school, and I, somebody messaged me saying, I bumped into your mum, like, last year, and she told me you're a teacher, but I see you're a stand-up. <laughs> kind of um, same thing. Um, <laughs> Teaching the world to laugh. One, exactly. one audience nice at a time. Nice spin. I like love it. it. I know, I work for your mum now. <laughs> So obviously we've talked about mum and dad now, but yeah. you also refer to them as your housemates yeah. because you found yourself in your early 30s mm-hmm. living back at home with mum and dad, which is something I'm sure lots of our listeners can relate yeah. to. House prices so expensive, Brexit mm-hmm. economy, la di da da totally get what you're saying. And I think when you're Asian, there's a certain level of, that kind of makes it slightly more acceptable because they never yeah. really want to let us go anyway. So you can mm. also spin it like it's because... They need me. They it's want because, me there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I felt quite ashamed about it for a long time. Oh, no. Yeah, so I moved back. Because I think it was because it was turning 30, which was, a you know, a milestone yeah. birthday. And I'd just been through this breakup and was kind of going through a breakup and I'd just moved home. And, and also, on top of all this, as if this wasn't stressful enough, I changed careers. So I had a normal job for quite a long... I had a muggle job for mm-hmm. years. And then I decided that I was going to give acting a go because I turned 30 and because I just thought I've been quite unhappy Mm. for the past 10 years. I'm going to give acting another go. So I kind of made that decision. But anybody who knows anything about acting knows that it's not a stable profession at all. And I didn't really have the contacts that I had the first time around. And also on top of that, my parents' disapproval. Yes. Which, you know, they, they told me about it at length. Um, <laughs> so, there was a, so there was a lot going on. And it's only really, I think, within the last six months or so that I've gone, oh, thank God that I had the option to move home. Because obviously so many people don't. Mm-hmm, it's meant that I've been able to build up my career to get to this point. So you're lucky to be able to move home. Yeah. Obviously, it's a great source of material for you. Oh, my God, 100%. You know, just it's just worth it really all that childhood trauma because now I'm making money off it I mean not a lot of money but I'm making some money off it <laughs> the rest of it's going on rent yeah mom and dad, the, the bank of mum and dad but like what's the best thing about being in your 30s and living at home I know when I when I realized that this was actually a good thing I lived on my own for about a year mm-hmm. before I moved home and I didn't realize at the time because I'm an only child and I'm pretty self-sufficient mm. I didn't realize how lonely I was and I remember coming home and it was kind of dark and it was like the wintry months and or it could have been June, like who knows. It was kind of dark <laughs> and rainy and um, I came home and I got through the door and my mum just went, oh, I'm just making a cup of tea. Do you want one? And I almost cried because oh. <laughs> I didn't realise how lonely it had been to kind of be in my bubble and be strong and do your own thing. Yes. To just walk home and for it to be warm for a start. My parents' house is always boiling. I'm always walking around in yep. a T-shirt. The lights are on. Oh, no, the lights are off. But for some reason, <laughs> the big light is never on. Um, the, the, but it was it's like warm and she just said, and it was just that. It was that offering me a cup of tea, which seems like such a small thing, just made me go, oh, despite everything. Yeah. This is actually really lovely it is. to come home to someone. And um, and it's been great. And look, obviously, financially, it makes a lot of yeah. sense as well. And and they're, you know, they're getting on a bit. You know, they're going to be 70 next year. You know, they're in okay health, but I'm definitely... Wood. Thank you. And um, But I'm definitely very aware of the fact that they're getting older and I'm an only child. And at, at some point, yeah. you know, they're going to need some help. So it actually, I've, I've kind of squared it with myself. 
I think it's amazing. I basically lived at home until I was 30 when I got married. Mm. So we went back after uni and then went, ah. yeah, and then stayed there. Okay. And went through all of the rigmarole of having a media career and like yeah. dating and everything. So um, how did you date living at home? Oh, yeah, just fine. I was fine. Mm. Yeah, I mean... The dating life was just a lot of first dates anyway. <laughs> and most of them from my mum on, uh, you know, the temple oh, date list. That's yeah. painting a really good picture of myself here. But I, I absolutely loved it. I remember at my wedding, my mum saying she had to do a speech. I did a speech. My dad did a speech. My friends did a speech. Everyone did a speech. Oh. I kind of like a bit of attention, you know. Yeah, so um, she, <laughs> she said, oh, I'm really going to miss Uma because I'm going to miss her like coming at the end of the day and lying on my bed. And I I was like stop it mum making me sound like a real you know sad sack but it's true it is so nice it's so comforting yeah you know and obviously I have my husband now and that's fine but you know your mum and dad are your mum yeah, and dad of course absolutely it's totally cool stay there as long as you can yes. think of all those prontas you're gonna have and you know, know brown doll yellow doll <laughs> spoiled <laughs> So enjoy it and you're working so hard as well so it's great how are you going to survive Edinburgh with that level of Amazing food. I mean, this is an issue. I'm I'm luckily a very good cook because yeah. when I was, oh God, when I was so my parents. This is how traditional my mum is. My parents are. Um, when I was eight, my mum said, "You are going to be married soon." <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what soon is? I was eight. No, but that's what they do as well. You're do. eight. You're twenty. Yeah, they round you up way too yeah, high. Yeah, you're yeah. twenty now. I need you to learn I'm how to cook. The same with the time yeah. as well. Yeah. I was like, it is midday. I'm like, it's half <laughs> seven in the morning. Why can you still not tell the time? Yeah. And also, you've not done anything. You've been up since five, clattering yeah. around. And all you've done is fall asleep in front of the Seek channel. Anyway. <laughs> um, That's something. That's doing something. And so I, she, she basically said, um, when I'm in the kitchen, stand next to me. And that's how I learned how to cook. I just oh, watched great. her. So, yeah. So you're good. You're, you're yeah, okay. I'm a pretty you're good sorted. cook. I mean, it's never the same as your mum's because your mum's cooking is never as, <sighs> you know, can never be replicated. But, um, but yeah, I'm a pretty good cook. I'm pretty... I, I find it quite therapeutic, actually. It is so therapeutic. Mm. It's so good. We will stop talking about your mum and dad, please. <laughs> Sorry, auntie and uncle, but we have made this all, it's all really nice things. But are they funny? Are they, do you get a oh sense of humour from them? Oh, my God, they are hilarious. My mum more so. My mum is absolutely hilarious and I get so much material from her. <laughs> she, it's the Punjabi. I feel like the there's Punjabi, a very yeah. Punjab, particular Punjabi sense of humour, which is quite cutting, but it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's all kind of meant with love as well. Yeah. And she'll just do silly things like make up a song, Aww. you know, while she's cooking or uh, just like silly stuff. And um, and it's not embarrassed about that. And yeah, she's she's just absolutely joyful. I love Aww. her. And I've started to include her in some of my Instagram stories. And every time I do, I get loads of DMs from people saying, we want more from your mum. Yeah, <laughs> she's a hit. She's a hit on the on the gram. And who else has inspired the work that you do? Like, who else do you think's um, funny? In terms of comedians, I like people who tell a story. Mm. I've never been good at telling gags, you know, or doing really fast puns or really fast-paced stuff. But I, I like stories. I like funny stories. And again, it's that Punjabi thing as yeah, well. of love like a little tale to tell. A little tale of something or another. Yeah. And, and, and that's really... I mean, I feel bad because I feel like I'm not including my dad in any of this. He's, he's quite funny in his own way. He's a good audience. Yeah, he's a, yes, yeah. that's what he is. He's a he's, willing audience. He's a willing audience. And um, my dad is, my dad's like a proper dad. Like he likes, you've been framed. And the old kind of slapstick comedies and stuff. And yeah. and that's kind of what I grew up on. That and um, westerns and 
like really quite incredibly violent films to watch as a very painting <laughs> a picture <laughs> yeah you see we're that kind of typical Punjabi family where you can you can have violence and you can have swearing but you cannot talk about sex <laughs> hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So I'm going to change gear a bit. Sure. You've been open about your struggles with anxiety and mental health issues, mm-hmm. and it's part of your stand-up routine. This is something a lot of comedians and funny people face. Yeah. And I wondered if you if you found comedy like a good outlet for those feelings. Does it feel like a sort of therapy? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> comedy. I had a whole theory based on no, that. Bless Tears you. of a clown. No, no, no. Comedy makes me incredibly anxious. Really? As in performing it, as in writing it. Will anybody ever find me funny? And I think that's something that all comedians have. And I don't think it ever goes away, even... Right you know, the older, kind of more experienced comedians I've spoken to. That's not necessarily helped me with my mental health stuff. I suppose being really open about it has. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a bit of a cliche. Oh, well, you should just talk about it. But I think what helped was not only talking about it, but then getting a quite a, an overwhelmingly positive response yeah. from other people saying, yeah, this is what I'm going through right now, or this is what I went through. And... That has been fantastic. Not the people who've called up and gone, have you tried therapy? Have you tried <laughs> lavender oil? Have you tried waking up a bit early? It's like, mm, yes, oh, <laughs> I've tried good. everything. Um, but I think just knowing that you're not on your own. Very much. In in a world where thing, you can feel very alone. And especially when you're doing stand-up, it's not like acting where you're part of a team. Mm. Um, with stand-up, it's just you and yeah, a mic. It's very daunting. And yeah. so... It, it it can stir up these feelings, as you say, of yeah, anxiety of and panic. And I how don't know do how you... I did it for years before I... Okay, so basically, this is probably not going to make for very good listening, but something happened last year, which I talk about in my Edinburgh show, okay. but which I'm not going to talk about. No, that's fine. Um, Keep Hold it back. But I'm going to hold it back because... I'm coming to see you. Okay, so, fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll hear. <laughs> I went to quite extreme lengths in order to cure, I'm doing massive inverted commas, mm. cure my mental health issues because my thing has always been... 
I want to know why I am the way I am. Mm-hmm. Why do I think the way that I think? I, you know, and having it labeled as being depression and generalized anxiety disorder helped to a certain extent because yeah. I thought, okay, great, it's You've got a name. You suddenly understand it, yeah. Yeah, now I can read up about it. And I was one of those people, and I, I'm sure I'm not alone in this, that I've been depressed since I was a child and I didn't know that's what it was. Mm. I genuinely thought everybody was miserable. I just thought everybody woke up feeling awful. And so when it was diagnosed, that was a huge relief. And when this life-changing experience happened to me last year, that's when I'm now in a position where I can manage it. Right. And, And I manage it through, I think, genuinely just listening to myself. Just going, okay, you're tired, go to bed. And it's sometimes it's as simple so as that. Yeah, and sometimes it's as simple as that. And it's, you know, and it's not, self-care is obviously, as you know, not all like bubble baths and no. you know, <laughs> um, going for walks and stuff. You know, no. sometimes it is as easy as, okay, stop looking at Instagram, turn your phone off. Go to bed. Yeah, stopped with negative self-talk yeah, as well, which exactly. is all, uh, you know. But it's 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 easy to say <clears throat> that where I am now, whereas before I couldn't catch myself before I spiralled. Yeah, that's into so that. such a good way of phrasing it is to catch yourself, mm. and I think that's one of the beauty of therapy is that actually it does help you yeah. see yourself and the, the things the things that you do to actually harm yourself mm-hmm. um, and stop yourself from yeah, doing them yeah, yeah. And, and, and identify those yeah. patterns of thought and behavior yeah very much so I mean do you think that as British Asians we're getting better about talking about mental health or would you say there's still a lot of stigma and taboo I think there's a huge amount of stigma still I think we're slightly better because we've got a younger generation who are more open, open to yeah. it and there's more organizations that you can get advice from mm-hmm. and they're going into like temples and godwaras and community centers yeah. and they they've got a website or like a presence online and i think I, again i really think it's about uncovering something and bringing it to the light and yeah. and to to kind of smash that shame around it it's definitely smashing the shame and kind of also normalizing yeah. the talking about it yeah 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 because i think we've sometimes from what I've seen is sometimes we label it as something else. Mm-hmm. You know, it, often it will just be she has headaches or she yeah, has this or something I've like that. But I've done that. You know, the amount of times I've backed out of, um, you know, work commitments or, or kind of social life stuff. And I've just gone, oh, I just feel a bit under the weather or I've got a cold or I feel really, yeah. you know, because it's easier to lie and say that you've got the flu than it is to say, look, I really just don't wish I... I wish I wasn't alive, you know? Like, yeah. how do you how do you say that? Now, obviously, I can't stop talking about it. <laughs> I know. It's like, <laughs> my therapist said this, and everyone should have therapy. That's yeah. what I was like when I first started it. But everybody should. Everyone I should. I stick by it's it. The best. I stick by it. Have, like, a yearly, if not, I don't know, biannual kind of free checkup with a therapist. I really do think it should be available on the NHS. It's just such a shame. It's so hard to get hold of. I feel Um, very privileged. I was able to get private therapy. You know, not for a very long time. I only had a few sessions, but that, you know, made a huge difference. And I, because I don't think I would have made it to the six to eight week wait or whatever it was to get Mm. some poor overworked CBT yeah, trained therapist. Minutes. Yeah, um, I think also I wonder has it opened the door for your career more when you've actually feel that those things are less problematic. Yeah, I mean, 
After after last October, which is when the thing happened, I now have a better work-life balance, right. which means that I enjoy what I do a lot more, okay. which is why I was like, I don't know how I did stand-up when I was having full-on anxiety attacks before I went on stage. And um, Yeah, I, I don't know how, I mean, I suppose you kind of just do it because you don't want to let people down and you're there. and The adrenaline almost yeah, just gets you through that does. moment. But then, then I'd be wiped for the rest of the week. Literally yeah, the rest of the week I'd be absolutely wiped. And I don't even want to think about what it does to you on a physical level. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sure my adrenal glands are just so yeah. messed up. So it definitely now being more open about it has helped. It means that I'm very mindful of not taking on too much. Yeah. Saying that I'm still working on that. And sometimes <laughs> I have to actually get physically ill for me to stop. It's hard when you've got opportunities coming your way yeah, as well to suddenly course. say, well, I need to just take a breather. And I'm but... freelance. So if I don't do that gig, I'm not going to get paid. You know, yes. no six days here. Thank you for sharing that and oh. being so open. I think Thank it's you. just so good to talk, and especially on this platform of the podcast, just to mm. try and get different people's take on it and different yeah. people's experience. I also really love how on Instagram you're really honest and you you share so much about the struggles, as as you've mentioned before, how it's taken, you know, the struggles it's taken to get you where you are mm. and how even where you are, it's not yeah. easy. Why do you think it's so important to share share that journey with your followers? I would never want people to look at my Instagram and go, she has a perfect life. Mm-hmm. Because A, it doesn't exist. And B, that's not really who I am. Yeah. I would hate for my like really closest friends to be like, mate, you had a mental breakdown the other week. Like, <laughs> why are you posting a throwback of you in Bali saying, wish I was here? Um, <laughs> Living my best life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I don't like that when I see it on other people's feeds. I, I'm like, nobody looks like that first thing in the morning. Or, you know, which is mm. why, I'd, you know, I don't really use that many filters or kind of editing tools or whatever on my photos. I'm guilty of all the filters, <laughs> yes. Because I'm like, well, no, that that's that's who I am. Yeah. Like, this is what I look like. And, you know, and now I've started doing, you know, little kind of videos and stuff on Instagram stories. And mm. I've, I'm, I've managed to catch myself quite a few times going, oh, no, go do your hair first before you do that. Or yeah. maybe you should... Oh, maybe you should put a bit of makeup on. Maybe, maybe you should. And I thought, well, no, because this is what I look like at half seven in the morning when I'm waiting for a train yeah. or whatever, you know. Or this is what I look like when I'm having a lie-in. And I'm yes, I'm in my Ravenclaw t-shirt and I've got my glasses on. I think it's really good that you that you're showing this non-glossy, non-overpolished. It's just who you are. And I think definitely as Asians, I think we tend to really always seem to want to focus on the glossy and the polished yeah, life. Of course, and the materialistic stuff. Yes, you know. And and it's not, it's not real and it's not sustainable. No, I, li- I live with my parents. I'm 35. I'm in Gravesend. I have chin hair. Like... And you're not the only one. Yeah, there's exactly. So many, there's, there's so, so many, many people. And obviously on Instagram, so, you know, there's the whole thing of like body contouring or, oh, yeah. you know, using all the apps to... S- slim ourselves or slim mm-hmm. down I haven't done that I just literally only head up oh, head yeah. up, <laughs> head up. <laughs> my hair is the thinnest part of me um <laughs> yeah what what's your kind of take on being you know a plus size curvy girl and Asian like do you find people call you healthy all the healthy, time yeah. healthy so something happened this week on Instagram and oh yes and it's fine and look if this was like maybe even last year or the year before it would have ruined my week right okay. and it's nothing major but I had I'd posted because obviously the, the, the weather's warming up now so there's a lot of summer bodies bullshit going on yeah. which listeners 
a summer body's not a real thing. No. So I'd posted this thing on Instagram saying, um, sorry, in my in my stories, just saying, you know, just remember the diet industry is a business, and their business thrives on telling you that you're you're not good enough, mm-hmm. and that you don't look good enough. So just remember that before you kind of buy into this. Yeah. And as soon as I'd kind of posted that and I had uh, a lot of DMs from from women um, just saying, oh, yeah, so true. I never thought about it like that or whatever. Or thank you for saying what I think. And then this guy from India DM'd me just 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 a a photo of a flyer which said Ayurveda for weight loss or something like that. And I went back on stories going, can you believe it? Just (laughs) as I'd posted that this happened and I... Obviously, tore him a new one. Well done, uh, as you should. <laughs> Shove it where the sun don't exactly. shine. Exactly, and I and I also <clears> just <throat> thought because this is something that I'm, I really want to speak out about more. I just said, look, if you're around me, if we're hanging out, and you're talking about food being good or bad, or cheat days, or having to go to the gym to like work off food or mm. calories or restrictive eating, or you're commenting on me, my weight loss slash gain, or other people's size or anything please don't be surprised if I don't say anything or if I move away or if I kind of remove you from my life because in my life and it's taken me a long time to get to this I am the most important person in my life like I am my own priority my my most important relationship is going to be with myself Mm -hmm. and it's taken me a really long time to get to this place to go to accept my fat body and to be absolutely fine with that yeah and that's not to say sometimes i also don't fall into oh you, but you would look better if you well, know it's like a confidence that like we all have days yeah, where yeah, we yeah. don't feel confident yeah um but my confidence is no longer tied in with kind of how i look in that in, within my size i mean sometimes how you're feeling up there absolutely yeah, definitely. and there are sometimes when i look at myself and go okay maybe don't wear that you look like a box but you know <laughs> but that's generally because I, i'm still kind of shifting away from a, a wardrobe where uh, I only used to wear all black and I used to or hide oversized, myself. Oversized, swampy things. Yeah. yeah, because I didn't want to be seen into a, a brighter wardrobe. Yeah, um, good. So so I kind of posted about that and I, I'm something that I'm going to post about soon is also about wedding season oh. and being Asian and being yeah. fat and also that it's okay to not go to that wedding, to not go to that party if you know that the aunties are going to be on at you about getting married or being fat or um, or, why, or your hair or whatever, whatever they want to pick on you for that day. It's also okay to go F off. I'm not going because you are the most important person here. It's also okay to have a uh, have a good reply. Yeah, have standards yeah, reply, and I don't think anybody's like, anybody's parents would have a problem with just standing up for yourself. Yeah, now. I yeah. think that's another thing. It can be a polite or, but cutting. Yeah, you can. I, was always, I also know it's really hard when you're in that moment to come. You know, to oh, come yeah. up with something. I you probably I stand there after. It's like I should have said that. Three days later, yeah, yeah. in the bath, still going on about it. Let me bring them up. Yeah. So it's also okay, to, I think, to like remove yourself from that situation, and and I'm very much that cousin who doesn't really go to these things. I'm like, enjoy your samosas. I'm out, bitches. That's such a shame. I mean, I'm. I also don't really like anyone, so it's not that much of a shame. <laughs> 
I've had to do some shopping in India and mm. you know often the biggest thing I found is that they'll tell you that it was not going to fit and yeah. you're like I know it's going to fit me it's fine like I mm-hmm. know but it's almost just that shaming at the get-go yeah. and so for me like I probably wouldn't even go into certain shops in Southall or Wembley because I just can't be bothered with the rejection why of why won't you know I know that it fits yeah. it's fine I mean it's hard but, enough on the high street to be yeah. like oh great there are two shops that I can go into and yeah. get something off a route and then to go into an Indian shop which obviously they're all made for size 10s well, yeah, and there's a lot of there's a lot of weird, subtle shaming that happens there, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's actually so much to do with what's going up in our minds yeah. to actually. But I feel like you should just be wearing whatever you want to wear, yeah. and um, but you know. we also know it's not that easy, you know, yeah. to be um, to wear what you want to wear or to kind of let it all slide off your back. And I, yeah, if you can't. If it hurts, if it yeah. hurts you, it hurts you. It does, you know? yeah. And this whole kind of, I know it's a very Punjabi thing to be like, oh, don't let it get to you. Yeah. Oh, just oh, whatever. Like, you know, yeah, just I kind just of... realised I sounded like my mum there. Uh, but it does, it does, it does get to you. It really does. It does. I just, I find like, I've, I've just stopped going into those shops or like, oh, mm. if or they'll start to say, I can feel them saying to mum and me, it's not mm. going to fit her. And then I'm like, Nope, nope, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. I want to get yeah. out of here. And I do find I do get quite cranky. Yeah, good. And then my mum's like, let's go for samosas. <laughs> yes, that I can get behind. Yeah, that I'm like, yeah, behind. but then I'm like, oh, I feel confused. Get me out of here. Oh, yeah. The moral huh. of the story is just do everything online or. or uh, the moral of the story is if somebody's fat shaming you, don't give them your bloody money. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I do. I just walk out now. Yeah, good. I'm just like, no, I don't want it. I don't want Regardless it. Regardless of, out. like, if it's a store, if it's whatever service it is, doesn't matter yeah. if it's clothes. That's there just is my- no place for that no not at all yes so in terms of representation in comedy why do you think there's still so few british asian female comedians like we're clearly very funny we're clearly hilarious hilarious um firstly we're not told that this is a potential career path for us by our families by our community our parents secondly the comedy community sadly is the majority of it is still pale male and stale (laughs) and you're never (laughs) really gonna feel like you can fit in yes um you will if you do get into like say even the open mic circuit or even like if you start uh, i've been in this position not recently but certainly when i was starting out when i would get told the exact words oh we've already got one we've got one we've already got one (gasps) yeah that's so ridiculous so yeah my God. Well, I'm so, so much power to you for just like representing yeah. and opening those doors and telling the yeah. stories that need to be told and the, f- the funny side of what it's like. Yeah. It's definitely, it is so funny. And I think sometimes people think that, you know, a lot of the, uh, a lot of our British Asian stories aren't relatable to everybody, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. they so are. No, they are. Like everyone. Especially the Jewish community. I get lots of messages from Oh, my Greek Jewish friends, people. my Arab ah. friends, my Iranian friends, everybody. Everybody yeah. with an overbearing mother. Yeah. That's everyone. And lots of her. <laughs> yeah, loads of people get that. So you're going to Edinburgh yeah. to do your amazing, like, debut <gasps> solo show, which yes. is huge. Where are you playing? So my show is called For Suck's Sake. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to be with Gilded Balloon this year. Right. And I'm going to be in the, in a place called The Nip, which is part of Paterhoos, which is a new venue of theirs yes. on Chamber Street. Okay, cool. And 5.15 every single day, apart from the 12th, where I will be heading to a spa. <laughs> How are you prepping for this marathon of comedy? Like, it's I a lot. Know. I'm mainly eating my feelings at the moment yeah. and, and doing as much as I can and trying not to get uh, freaked out by it. But... Um, yeah, it's just going to be one. It's one of those things where you just really, I've never done it before. Embrace the experience. It's yeah. going to be so full on. And it's so different from, you know, gigging regularly. Yes. You know, it's, it's, but I'm really excited about it because, 
you know, you get to be up there and I, I can talk for a whole hour, which is very easy for me to do. Um, yeah, I could but, listen to you for hours. <laughs> Thank you. But like mental health and my experience kind of growing up yeah. and what I did in order to the kind of the extreme lengths that I went to in order to find happiness, really. God, it sounds so amazing. I'm definitely coming to see yeah. you. Can you just tell people where your like social media is, what your yes. social media is and where they can, and is there like, a, where can they buy the tickets? Is it the Gilded Balloon website? The Gilded website? Balloon website, okay. also sukodula.com. Okay. So if you want to know where my upcoming gigs are and all about Edinburgh is on there now as well. Great. And also on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, I am at for sake. And definitely you need to follow Sit because it's just so many, so much interesting posts and funny posts. So definitely thank you so much for thank coming you. on. You've been a delight. Thank you. <laughs> You've been <laughs> such a delight. And I've loved meeting you. Thank you to our producer, Amanda. Thank you to Sook. Thank you to ACOS for letting us record in their fabulous studios. And thank you listeners for listening. And I will speak to you soon. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed that very special episode of Girl Chart. Uma will be back with a brand new series very soon and in the meantime you can still catch Sook's fantastic show for Sook's sake at the Edinburgh Fringe until the 25th of August 2019. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.